Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning. This is the California Report. I'm Saul Gonzalez at NPR West in Culver City. Charging documents filed by the San Francisco District Attorney's Office are revealing new details about the man who allegedly attacked House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, Paul Pelosi, early Friday morning at the Pelosi's San Francisco residence. Prosecutors say David DePap, an ardent believer in far-right conspiracy theories, claimed he was on a suicide mission with plans to kidnap Speaker Pelosi. He told police that he knew Pelosi was second in line to the presidency and, quote, we've got to take them all out. San Francisco District Attorney Brooke Jenkins filed a protective order to keep DePap away from the Pelosi's. This was not a a random residential burglary. Um, He specifically sought out their home. He sought out the speaker. And DePap allegedly also planned to target other state and federal elected officials and a Bay Area professor. DePap entered a not guilty plea yesterday and is due back in court on Friday. And by the way, the Washington Post was the first to report that there are Capitol Police cameras around the Pelosi residence with live feeds. But none of them were being monitored when the residence was broken into. Earlier this week, we told you about voter fraud concerns among some people in Northern California's Shasta County. This morning, we return to Shasta County and hear about so-called voter integrity groups. The members of the groups claim they're looking to root out fraud. But are such efforts really about voter intimidation? Eric Newman of Jefferson Public Radio reports. Kathy Darling-Allen first heard about the door knockers in late September. The Shasta County clerk says she got reports of three residents' homes being visited in the small town of Anderson and one in Redding. Two people came to their front door, knocked on their door wearing yellow kind of reflective vests and uh, IDs around their neck that say voter task force. And they're pretty aggressively questioning the people who live there. She says the handful of residents felt singled out and targeted by the voter groups. This is not a situation where the folks were going door to door. They they drove to their their homes, got out of the car right in front of their homes, that kind of thing. Darling Allen says the targeted door knocking happening in Shasta County amounts to voter intimidation and could be illegal under California election laws. She reported the incidents to state and federal authorities. Similar so-called voter integrity groups have been active just north of here in southern Oregon. At least some of these actions were inspired by national activists. One is Doug Frank, a conspiracy theorist who has been traveling the country promoting the idea that there is widespread fraud occurring in elections across the U.S. My specialty is coaching local groups on finding real, actionable election fraud. Fraud they can take to their sheriffs, their election officials, and local courts. 
Frank visited Shasta County in mid-September before County Clerk Kathy Darling-Allen heard about the door knocking. He wore his trademark American flag bow tie and gave a presentation to the Shasta County Board of Supervisors. Frank says he uses election records and census data to look for irregularities in voting records. Then he compiles local addresses for canvassers to check for voter fraud. The local citizens will be bringing you hundreds of cases of undeniable fraud. There's no evidence to support Frank's accusations that local elections were stolen. And the analysis behind his conclusions is flawed, says Justin Grimmer, a political science professor at Stanford. There's no truth to Doug Frank's claims. Grimmer has written several papers about Frank's methodology. He says it's based on a mathematical analysis of voting numbers that will, in essence, always suggest that there's been manipulation, whether those numbers come from Shasta or any other election. It's just that he's chosen a statistical method that will always give a a particular value, and he's decided to interpret that as evidence of fraud when really it's not evidence of much of anything. Despite these voter integrity groups looking for fraud in the 2020 election, Grimmer says this is also meant to discredit future campaigns. I think a lot of the work that he's doing now, including talking regularly with election officials throughout the country and mobilizing these local activists, is to lay the groundwork for objections to 2022. Ryan Ronco is the clerk of Placer County, east of Sacramento, another place Doug Frank focused on to recruit residents. He says if they're concerned, residents should come to his office to see how Placer County protects the vote. I just think that it's a shame if people feel that the election is rigged without coming into their local office to at least ask the questions. When residents do that, he says, they generally leave satisfied that their local election is being run safely. Ronco says right now it's on every California registrar to increase their transparency. So that we can be able to begin this process of allowing people who feel disenfranchised or disengaged from the process right now back in so that their voices can be heard. Voters in California can call their local clerk's office to arrange a tour. They can also be an observer on Election Day. For the California Report, I'm Eric Newman. Eric's story is part of a project from the California Newsroom. That's a collaboration of California's public radio stations, NPR, and the website CalMatters. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out the Bay Curious book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on the Bay Curious podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get the Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find a link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love 
while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. Stanford officials say they're reviewing safety procedures after a man posing as a student managed to live in several dorms on campus for almost a year. William Curry, who reportedly graduated from high school in Alabama last year, was finally escorted off campus last week. Curry was not only maintaining a stable relationship with a a Stanford student, but he was also actively a part of several friend groups. Um, You know, he was DMing people about homework assignments. He, at times... Uh, even showed up to classes in person, according to reports from students. What's really remarkable is the fact that he was genuinely a part of this campus and people genuinely felt that they knew him. That's Theo Baker, who writes for the Stanford Daily. So motivation is the question everyone's asking right now. Why would somebody want to do this? And the answer is, we don't really know. Curry himself was elusive uh, with his answers. We confronted him several times um, directly, and his motivation each time was a little bit different. At one point, he claimed essentially that he just wanted to get the Stanford experience. And Theo Baker says Curry was thrown off campus several times by security, but kept coming back. You can read Baker's reporting at StanfordDaily.com. And that is this edition of the California Report for Wednesday, November 2nd, a day where it's actually raining and snowing in many areas of the state, which is good news. We're a production of KQED Public Radio. I'm your host, Saul Gonzalez at NPR West. Thanks so much for listening. Support for the California Report comes from Paint Care. Now with 834 drop-off sites in California where households and businesses can recycle their leftover paint. More at paintcare.org. Stanford Healthcare, alerting listeners to the critical blood shortage in the area. Now's the time to donate blood and make a difference. StanfordBloodCenter.org. And Eric and Wendy Schmidt, whose philanthropy includes Schmidt Ocean Institute. Coming this fall, the launch of research vessel Falcor 2, advancing the frontiers of ocean science and exploration on the web at SchmidtOcean.org. Hi, I'm Sasha Koka, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.